Hey guys, welcome back to Not Past It Yet podcast with me, Megan Addy. This is episode four and on today we have Charlie Hurst. Hi Megan, how are you doing? I'm good, how are you? Good, thanks. It's great to be back here again. It's really exciting to have you back. You left quite an impact with launching Not Past It Yet and we spoke about fear. Yep, yeah, we did. We did speak about fear, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. So, how's it been going? Yeah, things are really good. There's been a lot of things surfacing around the area of fear, maybe beyond the surface level. Okay. So for me, that is getting outside of my comfort zone. So after this episode, I'm going to have a couple of weeks away from the the podcast and there will be some small episodes running around attachment styles, but I will be focusing the next month on my book and to leave the listeners a sample um, at the end, they're going to get to listen um, to my introduction of my book and who my book is dedicated to. And I must admit being here actually vocalizing that was terrifying. No, you've done, you're doing really well. You're doing really well. I, looking at you just now, I'd never know that you were, you were nervous. You're actually yeah. controlling I really think well. it's because it's, it's the vulnerability, isn't it? Yeah, it it's is. like our biggest scarring or vulnerability, who we are, where we've come from. I think that's got a massive impact. Yeah, and it's also the perceptions as well. It's mm-hmm. um, We have this inbuilt idea that everything we say and do is instantly going to be noted by everybody in front of us, everybody online. But the truth of the matter is, everybody's got their own crap to deal with. 100%. Nobody's paying attention. So we place more pressure on ourselves. Mm-hmm. So when you have just said that you did the vulnerability and and not sure, yeah, it's fine. It's absolutely fine. Nobody's going to sit there with a pen and paper and go, ah, you didn't breathe right at that point. You didn't say this. You didn't do that. What does that mean? People are just Mm -hmm. not that analytically critical because they're so involved in their own lives. See, I'm a great believer that when you work on an area in your life, the universe tests you. Oh, God, yeah. And, you know, I can't help but feel... After I have just recorded the the sample, being completely honest and vulnerable and reading that back thinking, how much has the universe been testing me since I've wrote this to myself? Yeah. The universe constantly tests us. You know, and it is down to that that vulnerability of how people will will perceive that. Yeah. And it's the thing is it's that vulnerability that we feel. It's that um perceived spotlight that we feel is on us by the rest mm. of the world and that ends up leaving us feeling questioning our own worth questioning our own um abilities we have that imposter syndrome are we enough Entirely, yeah. are we going to be able to do enough is it enough full mm-hmm. stop because the greatest fear that we all have um as a species is the fear of the unknown and when we become vulnerable we are literally ripping the rug from under our own feet of course yeah. and everything that happens after that is an unknown so of course it's going to be scary. Absolutely. And I think I think we all have it. Yeah, everybody does. And I think, you know, hats off to those that are vocal of it. But I think there's a lot of people out there that's not vocal of it. But I think that normalizing it, that each of us might have a different degree of feeling these emotions, we all do. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, it's it's all driven by our... Um, our past, our our mm-hmm. childhood, what we were, our education, um, the environment we were brought up in, and all those have an impact on how we perceive our lives, perceive ourselves. 
But the act of being vulnerable, people have uh, assumed over the years that it's a weakness. It's not. Being vulnerable is one of the greatest strengths because it shows true courage. It shows true willingness to step forward and out of your comfort zone and to actually be and start becoming that person that you imagine yourself becoming. Mm-hmm. Instead of just sitting and settling and waiting for, you know, the stars to align when you do bugger all about it, you know? Absolutely. You know, we, ha- we have to work for our future. I mean, nothing um, is ever given easy. The universe, as you said, always tests us. Yeah, I, I definitely feel that you only get out of life what you put in. Oh, yeah, def- I mean, it's, yeah, definitely. And the same applies. I mean, we can say that generally about life, but the same applies when you're in education. Mm-hmm. If you don't do the, the homework, if you don't do the study, then you're not going to get the results of the exams at the end of the day, are you? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, do you know what, it's really interesting because, you know, when, when I was growing up, you know, none of like what personal development is, I feel was really displayed in my childhood. So I recognize like the feelings in my stomach when I was really nervous at school or I got butterflies and all that really mixture of emotions as per se but I had no education actually of understanding what they actually meant and it's really interesting because as an adult I can like go to that filing cabinet in my brain and think oh I recognize this feeling because I felt this once when I was x age at school yeah exactly and the thing is there's there's been uh, research done um and they found that there are very similar um neurons in the gut as there are in the brain yes so when we talk about our gut instinct in a very very loose term that's our gut actually thinking for us Mm -hmm. so that gut instinct actually has a part to play and that triggers a response in the in the the brain synapses um but yeah the the gut instinct i mean i have when i talk about fear and and help clients with fear um there are i talk about the three levels of fear there's the, the level one, which is the, oh, hell, we're all going to die and it's never going to bloody happen. That one where it's either a trauma or it's you perceive it as too dangerous and life-threatening, so you're not going to do it full stop. There's the middle level of fear, which is what you were talking about, that gut instinct, that hesitation, that slight doubt, that anxiety. You're still going to do it, but you're going to be really hesitant and maybe think about it 20 or 30 times before you actually go ahead. And then there's the level three, which is the compassionate what I call the compassionate fear. And that's people from the outside giving you advice, but it's given in such a way that you think it's a positive. Things like, just be careful you don't do too much. And if Mm -hmm. you do that, you might not fit in. So when you do that um, and you take these on board, it, it seems like a positive thing. You go, okay, I'll listen to that. I'll take that on board. But if you don't recognize it, it builds up and builds up and embeds and then becomes from that level three to that level two, which gives you that anxiety, that gut instinct. And if that's not dealt with, then it becomes, oh, hell no, I'm not going to do it. Do you know what's really interesting? My eldest son, who is amazing, and yes, I am absolutely biased, he is finishing his primary school year and he had the fear hugely mm-hmm. of starting academy. And I found it really interesting because as I observed, not just him, but even like, other boys his age his friends even it was like this heightened state of that level one like this is gonna go up shit creek yeah um and it's really fascinating because i still feel in the belief that there's not enough things i guess in school for learning for children to deal with these emotions and work through them not that they should by themselves but they should be taught a level of understanding of what this actually means so they can be better supported 
Yeah, 100%. I mean, I, I agree. And I think the education system, although it is, um, it is good on the whole, I think the focus of the education system is learning um, maths, English, science. Absolutely. Whatever it is. It doesn't teach you about yourself. Yeah. It doesn't teach you about how you feel and how to deal with those feelings. Mm -hmm. Because that fear um, that you were talking about from your son, it's like that, oh God, oh God, that's a complete embodiment of that fear of the unknown, which is the greatest Absolutely. fear that we all have. And you know, like you were just saying as well, with, with things that's that is taught in education like your maths and and what have you i think there's actually a lot of children that are open to it as well if you think about it my son obviously he's looking up to me and he's watching me so he's like okay mom's got a book she's writing in her book every day mom's doing affirmations so i'm obviously telling him what i'm doing and i'm quite open about that so when he he's got a massive passion for history Okay. okay, so he he doesn't want to just understand how World War actually happened. He wants to know, well, what was our culture? And when we went into Hitler, it was, okay, so what was Hitler's mom and dad like? How was he brought up? That's amazing. So he's actually going into the actual culture side of it. And, you know, we've had some conversations, and it's the same for space. You know, people that are known famously for history in space, he wants to know, okay, what, what's their culture? Where have they come from? What made them tick that way? Uh, with the men that wanted to go to the moon first. So, you know, even though he's got the extreme intelligence and has that awareness, it's not been actually sat down and spoke of. I mean, don't get me wrong, you know, my grandfather, you know, he had my heart, but he also had my, my son's heart. Yeah. And even grief is not taught at school. So, you know, they had to have somebody come in and go through like the seasons of grief. Grief, yeah, yeah. sorry. Mm -hmm. yeah. And... It baffles me because I think fear isn't just that three levels. I think it's absolutely that three levels and involves it. But I think it can apply to any area of your life. Literally, it could be, I'm actually fearful of leaving here. I'm just hoping I get home safe. Yeah, but that's, but that's it. I mean, it's not yeah. going to stop you doing it. Um, that's that, so that would be a level too. But I completely agree. I mean, fear, um, this idea of fear that we have, um, it encompasses every area of our life, every emotion that we have, whether mm. it be grief, whether it be uh, excitement, because you fear that that excitement is going to stop, that joy is going to stop, that happiness is going to end. And that's what you fear. Mm. You're in a relationship, you fear that relationship might end. Do you know what? That's perfectly tied into dismissive avoidance. Oh, is it? So, so I, I love attachment styles. Charlie knows this. Uh, yeah. I love attachment styles because it's so fascinating, people's psychology of what makes them the way they are, what makes them tick. But dismissive avoidance, there's a lot of fear involved with a dismissive avoidant in their attachment. And this is not a one size fits all. But there are some dismissive avoidment. Uh, there are some dismissive avoidance out there that are so scared to even share a bed with their partner. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or they are scared. And it's a, the attitude of is they connect with somebody and they enjoy that connection. Right. Okay. But then they get so fearful before they can hurt them, they're going to hurt them both and call it all off. That's why you get the, it's called the uh, um, anxious and avoidant dance and attachment, yeah. the hot and cold situation. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I've seen that before and I've actually yeah. been through that before and I call it the self-fulfilling prophecy mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, you fear that the person that you're with is going to hurt you or end it. So you end up pushing them away and, yeah. uh, destroying that relationship you have preventing them from hurting you 
Absolutely. So you end up fulfilling your own prophecy anyway by oh, ending the relationship. Entirely. You know? And then there's there's the projections, I guess, that kind of come from that. If we have these experiences with a level of fear in no matter if it's like an intimate relationship, but like friendships as well, they could be projections of how your future friendships or relationships look like. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Um, and this, this all, I mean, all of this, this fear, I mean, at the end of the day, and I, I said this in, in, in episode one, that fear is an illusion we mm -hmm. create for ourselves and it's, it's not tangible. It's not real. I mean, I can, I can touch that table. It's fine. I can't touch my fear, but it's something that I live through. It's something that happens to me on chemical, emotional, physical, um, all levels. So in effect, my brain thinks that I've actually lived it and gone through it. So therefore it is real. But it's not. It's an illusion. And because it's an illusion, but because it's so powerful, it becomes an, and actually embodies itself within our perceptions of reality. You know, and because we do that and because we have this um, experience um, which confines us and keeps us within that comfort zone, it takes a very, very courageous moment to step forward, step out of that, just to take that one step to make that comfort zone a little bit bigger to become comfortable with just being a little bit just uncomfortable for want of a better expression and that progression that one step becomes two steps becomes three steps becomes four and the more you expand your comfort zone is is the more you progress the more you develop the more you understand that this fear that you have was nothing in the first place but it's only by actually doing that that you actually get to that point so that courageous first step is the hardest thing that the you'll ever have The first step's everything. Yeah, it's the hardest. I mean, to paraphrase Tolkien for a second, every journey or every adventure that you have begins with one step out of the door. Mm -hmm. The first step out of the door is begins of every adventure. And that's what life is. Life's, I, don't, I don't say that life's a journey because journey involves slog and hardship and Absolutely. it's a struggle. I term it life is an adventure because you never know what's around the corner. And it's the mindset that you have in like, okay, what's around the corner? And it's almost like childlike and curiosity yeah. and anticipation that you need. I think there is um, episode two with Katie Sutherland. We spoke about toxic positivity and that actually came up of you only have one life. Yep. So enjoy everything and create all of these moments. But I also think there's a fine line. Um, in my view, anyway, I think there's like a, a fine line between that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Granted. I mean, yeah. You can have the mindset that you are going to enjoy absolutely everything that life throws you away. All those plot twists, all those good times, yeah. all those hard times. But the truth of the matter is we are emotional human beings and we don't always react the way that we would want to. Yeah. So when something crap happens, yes, we're going to feel pretty shit. Mm -hmm. But the whole point of that, that curious mindset is, yes, um, I am feeling shit. Something has happened. I'm really upset. So you've got to um, acknowledge that emotion. The difference is you can't live there because the, the phrase that we use is, I'm angry. Well, you don't personify angry for your whole life, do you? So you're only angry right now. And by, by utilizing the words right now, you've defined it as a, as a finite time. You are going to have that anger and then you're going to move on from it. And that's the whole point. You move on yeah, and I think keep it's, going. Again, you, your mind has to be stronger than your feelings and it's the way that you speak to yourself. Yeah. Oh. I am angry because this made me surface X, Y and Z experience. I have to work in that area. I'm staying in my own lane to do that. But it's the narrative that you're giving yourself. Yeah. And yeah. it's how you talk to yourself. It's that, it's that conversation you have. I mean, I think I mentioned it in episode one when the, the way I used to speak to myself um, when I stopped and had a really good look at it. 
I wouldn't speak to my best friend that way. It oh, was disgusting. Yeah. It was, I belittled myself. I berated myself. I was really hard on myself. I criticized myself for everything with really abusive language and tones and, and everything. And so that, going back to what you said about that conversation with yourself, it has to be in such a way that nurtures your own relationship with yourself because you spend most time with yourself, not with anybody Absolutely. else. Absolutely. So if you don't treat yourself with a bit of compassion and kindness, you know, you're on a hiding to nothing. You know? I love that. You know, at the end of the day, being honest, we've said that, that the fear is an illusion. You've got to keep going, got to keep going forward. But unless we have these conversations with ourselves, that's one thing. Mm. But we've also got to be able to talk to each other. We've also got to be able to be open and honest and going back to what you were saying, being yeah. vulnerable and owning that vulnerability and allowing ourselves to um, be open to criticism, mm -hmm. you know, but have that mental resilience that it's not going to throw us down a rabbit hole or make us retreat from the world and retreat back into that comfort zone, which at the end of the day, the only person that hurts is ourselves. Ooh, 100%. Yeah. I absolutely love that. I'm on a You're roll. You're very now. good with this talking, aren't you? I'm, I'm on a roll now. Like, <laughs> although I do agree with you, I think it's really good to have constructive criticism. And when you are going to your bed at night, you know you're conscious in your own personal areas. And whether you're honest with other people or yourself, that's what's first and foremost important. But you've got all of these different avenues. You've got like your inner child work, for an example. Yeah. And I think that that's. For me personally, that's been a massive area where I've had to heal. And another area is massively probably my relationships and, and my traumas. But what I realized and what I identified with my journey is, is that where there has been the, the cases where the shit has hit the fan and you've gone through your own trauma experiences, when you're honest with yourself for what your side's contributing or inputting into that, you find forgiveness for the actual people that have done you wrong in life. Not yeah. for them. But for self. Yeah, it's it's definitely you forgive people um, not to get any validation, although that might be how you start out. But the mm. real reason why you forgive someone is for your own peace, is for your own serenity, for your own yeah. being. But going back to what you said about criticism and linking that to mindset, I don't look at criticism as criticism because that's to me personally has a very negative tone. Oh, Everything anybody says to me, I turn feedback. That's how I call it. That's that's how I look at it. So feedback is a way for me to self-improve, to learn, wow. to be more than I was I like that. before that conversation. So everything that that um, I do, I'm open to feedback. Now, yes, of course, there can be really critical feedback, really harsh feedback. But it's again, that's up to me how I interpret it and how I use it. But feedback as a rule is a positive um, term, a term, a positive use of the information given to you as a result of something you've said or something mm -hmm. you've done. And if you can incorporate that moving forward, keeping move, moving forward with those steps, keeping being courageous, yeah. then nothing's going to bloody stop you. You're going to be this unstoppable force. I'm going to be this unstoppable force. Megan, you are this unstoppable force. Oh. There you go. That's, that's the positive for you. There's, there's feedback for you. I think you. that's like level 100. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but, when you're like shedding skin and you like when you're talking to yourself and you get to a place but it's still half ass so you're like one foot in and one foot out yeah you know like it, us if we potentially do a collaboration speaking event and I, I was saying to charlie the other day well that'd be cool I wonder if we could do something like in his majesty's like oh, what about tekka and i'm like oh 
But again, it's demonstrating the levels that you can actually speak to yourself. Yeah. And the thing is, is it's like, why, why dream small? Dream big. Dream big. I mean, if your dreams and your um, uh, goals that you want don't actually scare you, it's not big enough. Because what's the point of dreaming small? Because you were, you were an individual. You're unique. You were born to stand out and shine. So there's no point in dimming the lights down so much that you don't shine brightly. So if you're going to do something and you're going to have a dream, dream big. That's your end result. Then you work on those individual steps to get there. Those small steps, those small courageous steps. I think it was Gary uh, Vaynerchuk that says, you know, you focus on, you, you, you know what your end goal is. You, you, you know what your, I mean, he says it in his own lovable terminology, but um, you know what your end goal is. And once you have that set, put it out your mind and work on the, those things that right in front of you. And that's what you focus on. Because at the end of the day, it's those little steps that are going to get you to where you want to go. And no journey is A to B. Just accept it. It's never going to be straightforward A to B. It's going to be A, Z, Q, R, S, then B. You're going to have curveballs by the universe. You're going to have issues. You're going to have problems. So, yeah. So that's, that's uh, just keep focused on what you're doing. Keep, but keep dreaming big. I love that. Be the main character of your own life yeah. journey. Yeah. You are, you are the author. You are the mm -hmm. architect of, of what you choose to build for yourself. Um, yes, we can take inference and information and feedback from outside sources, but at the end of the day, you're the one with the tools. You're the one with the, the design in your head. Do what you want. Dream what you want. Be the person that you want to be. Do the things you want to do. Nothing should ever hold you back, but here's, here's where it links into fear. Because we are conditioned to uh, rely on this external validation and to become uh, recognized or understood or appreciated by everybody else, then we allow that to become the center of uh, our focus. When we should just say, okay, I'm doing this for me. I'm doing it for my own validation. If somebody appreciates it, that's awesome. But if somebody doesn't appreciate it, that's also fine because everybody else has their own journey to go. Everybody else is not watching me with a, a clipboard and a spotlight noting everything I'm doing. They don't pay attention. They don't, they don't um, focus on it that much because at the end of the day, they, as I said, they have their own lives to live. They've got their own journeys and adventures to go on. That's their focus or but it should be, not me. Yeah, I should be doing my thing. They should be doing their thing. And if they, they happen to coincide, that's awesome. If they don't, that's also cool. You know, but we are going to do a joint speaking venture at some point. That's not a possibility. That's a definite. It's happening. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Thank you so much, guys, for joining in to episode four with Charlie Hurst. All of Charlie's details will be in the description box. Please remember to like, share and follow. It really would help us and it means the world. So now sit back and relax and enjoy the sample of my book, Me and You, which is available to pre-order on Amazon, releasing on the 8th of August 2023. George, he was the eldest member of the family and he was among the most influential and important person in everyone's life. He cared for me selflessly and loved me endlessly. He held a special place in my heart, which no one can take ever. My grandfather was so lovable, caring, mature and patient. He has always taught me to respect my elders and showed me the ways on how to lead a respectful and successful life.
He shared his experiences that helped me to do the right things in life. When I had him with me to guide me what to do, I didn't have to worry for anything because I knew he always took decisions for my betterment. And you told them all, Megan, she's going to become something. When I was younger, I could never picture a life without you. Your solemn presence and aged wisdom seemed permanent, an unchanging facet of my world. And I was far too comfortable making a bed in the furthest of clove in my mind, a place where death was non-existent and people lived forever. It was a place marked by beauty of childlike wonder and purity, and I was more than willing to bask in the rays of innocence forever. But like most things, forever has an expiration date. I'm older now, so that a clove has been long burnt down, and yesterday its run struck a match and were up in flames once more, when you quietly passed away. It was just like you to pass away in a dignified manner, without making a fuss or causing a scene, and that, in a very bizarre way, made all more dismissal for me. I choose to remember the good, and by doing so, I recognise that you will truly never be gone, a mirror of its best traits a human can possess. It's never easy to give up on everything you have worked so hard for, but you sacrificed all for the sake of your family. Your dedication to your work and your humble path to success are some of your many qualities that directly translate with me, and I see those parallels every day. I'm sorry this letter is short, but the wound is still fresh. Maybe I'll come back to it one day and add more, but my feelings at this point in time are too new to be thorough. But nonetheless, George, Granda, I wish you Godspeed and I hope you get home safely. I love you and miss you so much and will do everything in my power to honour your life, your legacy and our family name. It feels like you're still a phone call away. Where did all the time go, Granda? Can you believe, Megan, it has been another trip around the sun, except the beauty is not in the fact that you made another year, but that it's only been a year and yet so much has happened for you. Only one more year in this expansive life of yours and you've grown significantly. Just imagine how much more we can get done in another year for ourselves. Any birthday before this year, you would have agonised over planning the most perfect, elaborate party that was equal parts of friends, vibes and coincidental summer scenes that visually displayed the romantic cinema of your heated daydreams. The agony would be mixed with this deep motivation to make up for all the past year's birthdays that never felt like quite enough, nor quite right, but mostly to make up for feeling like you just didn't really deserve one, measuring your worth by the number of people who showed up or reached out. But this year it feels different. This year feels like you made up for all of that lost time throughout the year without waiting for your birthday to be a checkbox of finally doing something right for yourself. No. Because this year, all the year round, you allowed yourself to have something right without waiting for a sign from the universe. You weren't going to let it all amount to just one day because you deserve more than one day. And this year, you can see it for yourself. It was never about the birthdays. It was always about feeling enough. And you finally feel more than enough. You spent a lot of time thinking about how far you've came while still worrying about how much more you still have to go. But every time you simmer on what you're doing with your life and where to go next, you're reminded of how beautiful your present world is. You think about where you are right now in all aspects of your life. You think about the people in your life and how much you love and care for each and every one of them. You think about how each one of your relationships have evolved and transformed deeply and naturally. 
You think about how much you've given yourself space and room to heal without an apology. And all of this, you would have not thought about a year ago. But this year you found balance with your place in this world. It's not perfect, but it's all yours in its perfectly, ordinarily state. This year you let yourself become a part of this world, not just belong in it. You stop shoving down those moments when you just let your emotions pour out. And you've cried heavily and deeply like a heavy-bellied, hunched-over, into-a-ball kind of cry when you shake with your entire body for at least a good 20 minutes. You leaned into it and you understood it as signals of what your body was trying to tell you. Then you fell back into your regular self, texting your people that you just had a full-on meltdown and that it was great and very much needed and now you're so much better for it. All of it was okay because you know you are an emotional person. And wow, Megan, this year you did own the term, I'm a sensitive person. Like a proud name tag you carry around your neck. You feel so many emotions and you feel all of them at once. Sometimes too many. But you've learned that being sensitive isn't a bad thing, nor is it a weak trait. It is exactly what makes you so empathetic and compassionate. And it comes from pain that makes you feel so much more connected to the world. Pain. This is what you've learned is the source of your strength, not the root of it that it needs to be pulled out. In fact, some roots are actually future sources of growth. What may seem like it's rotting, Megan, is actually a seedling waiting to bloom. This year, you let pain be your catalyst for change. And most importantly, you did not blame yourself for the pain. You did not internalise pain like it was a branded red letter against your chest and had to pity yourself for the misfortune. But rather, it was an introduction to new opportunities to learn yourself better. You've seen how every painful event in your life, rape and abusive relationships, was actually strength leaving your body to make room for new strengths. New learnings, new emotions to feel and take up space with. And healing was never meant to be pretty because it was always ugly before it got better. But that was the natural beauty of it all, huh? And isn't dirt just soil for potential blossoming? You are ever blossoming. You let yourself have fun and you didn't measure your actions by the rewards that you deserved. You let yourself exist in a world without explanation. You dance with every bone in your body and music your whole life has been your saviour. You let it carry you through the motions and let go of your fear of judgement. Like even how stupid it was that you were scared of how well you danced in front of your five kids. None of it mattered anyway. Your energy was lively enough. You were alive enough. It felt good to let yourself go into the music like that, but it felt even better to conquer the used-to-be of stage fright. You understand now how powerful it is to speak to the world about things you loved. You learned to speak from the heart of the things you were so passionate about. You did things by yourself and loved it. Like, really loved it. You made worlds out of it and built homes in them. It made you feel safe and unjudged and you met people who will soon become friends meant to enter your life at that exact moment for the exact person you are. Like that one friend who introduced the opportunity to read your writing out aloud for the first time. Or the friend who came to you to help host a panel discussion on mental health. Or the friend who turned out to be a therapist herself just as you were becoming vocal about therapy. Or the friend that taught you how to be confident and normalising stating your opinions out aloud whilst also changing your mind when you needed to. Or even that friend that you reconnected with and taught you how to be a better friend while also realising who the real friends are in your life. 
All this taught you that the universe is working in your favour and it's presenting the right people in your life because you knew what kind of energy you wanted to be surrounded with. And finally, Megan, the universe is answered. You also recognise the toxic patterns that weaved their way through your past relationships and how they were projections of insidious relationship trauma. Now you know that it was never your fault. Your heartbreaks were hard lessons and you have some unlearning to do so that you can be in healthier relationships. And you know what kind of relationship you want and you know what kind of person you want to be in a relationship. But do you want to know what's even more beautiful? You're not afraid to have your heart broken anymore. The past couple of years have been one tremendous journey towards becoming who you are now. This is your best you yet. You've deepened your relationships with friends and have made so many new ones that it will never feel like you're going back to being alone again. You now know you will be okay if you are to have your heart broken again because it will just mean that you're one step closer to finding what's truly meant for you and your future. You welcome that too, Megan. You spoke up and stopped caring about what people thought of you. Okay, hard truth, let's correct that. You realised no one is actually thinking that deeply about every little thing you do except for yourself because we all understand we are human and we are allowed to not be perfect. You also realise it's not your job to please everyone. You know there are people who don't like you, who will despise the things you do or say and that is all fine because you know the people in your life who you do respect and care about know who you really are. They see all of you and you are still important to them. And you also know that you can't help anyone who doesn't wish to help themselves. That is also not your job. Your not helping does not define your value as a friend nor your worth as a good person. You're going to have your book come out next year. And you're going to publicly speak further of all the passions that you love without reluctance or hesitation. Fuck, you graduated this year. You let those be known and you make sure that these are things that people know you care about. You leaned into the power of manifestation and now you're doing the damn thing, Megan. You're telling yourself you can get what you want because you've seen that kind of magic you're capable of when you step into your power. Nothing was ever out of reach. It was only because you stood in your own way. You're learning to trust your gut again after learning how much you've been gaslit and was so afraid to let your feelings make any more bad decisions. Now you're letting the good moments speak for themselves and not worry about the future because uncertainty can be a visual guide, not an intellectual roadblock. And you now know that as a result of gaslighting is distrusting your own feelings, Megan, and overcompensating by overthinking, overanalyzing everything because you shut out your feelings for so long and thinking was the only way to maintain control. Not anymore. You're listening now. You're feeling what you want to feel without being tied to them because you're allowed to change your feelings the same way you're learning that you're allowed to change your mind. These are all part of the ever-evolving human that you are, guided by the North Star of always becoming better. You welcome discomfort and challenges now. You welcome that shitty hard stuff, the distasteful confrontations, because you know on the other side it will be worth it. You know there is an other side to look forward to. Remember when you used to question if anything will ever have an end? Remember when you were afraid there wasn't going to be a light at the end of your dark tunnels? Now you expect it, but even more so, now you are more enthused for the journey through the tunnel than the actual result because it means you get to untangle your insecurities and rework them anew. Remember, Megan, it's never a me versus you thing. It will always be a me and you versus the problem thing. And on the other side of discomfort is a great change because you've been through enough pain to know that it's always just uncomfortable healing.
You are no longer expecting to rewrite or change the past. You're accepting that the past is the past, but you are using it to guide you to a better future. You can't change people of the past and you can't forgive them for the past, but you are allowed to work on having a better relationship with yourself right now without dismissing how they treated you or erasing the trauma. In fact, you learn that trauma isn't linear, like how three years ago after your last relationship, you suddenly had this tremendous epiphany that the whole experience was actually traumatic. And guess what, Megan? It's okay to call it that traumatic and still be working through it now. It doesn't negotiate the positive memories, but it also doesn't mean that trauma doesn't exist even in the most subtle ways. Trauma will always come up. It's in your body and that's okay because with every self-evolution, you are seeing it as a marker for how far you've came and how much better you'll address them this time around. This year, you fell so madly in love with yourself. Do you remember, Megan, when you didn't? Remember when you had to write down at least one thing you loved about yourself every night so you did not lose yourself to self-harm when you were 15? Now you go to bed consumed with so much love and care for yourself without a single regret because you know whatever mistake made is a step forward to learning yourself better. You've made vulnerability your superpower, like how that one girl told you when she asked you for advice and said she admired how you made vulnerability an act of bravery and self-love. You've turned your past self's pain into lessons on self-love and taught the world what healing looks like. You showed others what speaking up about vulnerability can do not only for yourself, but how it's connected with you and so many other people out there going through the same internal struggles but don't know yet how to articulate or confront them. And this year, you've used it as a source of strength, not as a body of shame. In fact, it has also been a marker for drawn boundaries because as soon as someone is repulsed by your vocal vulnerability, you know it's someone who's not worth sharing your genuine energy with. And maybe it's time to reevaluate that connection. Vulnerability is your brand and always will be. And this has been your calling all along. Speaking of boundaries, finally, Megan, yes, you finally put them up now. You've stopped shaming yourself and blaming yourself for things that really aren't in your control. You're allowed to put up boundaries if it means preserving the integrity of your sanity and well-being. Your mental well-being is not at anyone else's disposal. It is a line of respect that you've drawn for others to see and acknowledge and value. You've let people in for so long and sometimes at the expense of your own mental and emotional energy. Because you used to believe that's where your worth came from giving away the most treasured parts of yourself. But creating boundaries has given you a greater sense of self and how you can choose to move through the world while protecting yourself. It has also strengthened your relationships because when others see how you respect yourself, they follow suit. All of this time you were afraid it would diminish friendships, but in fact, it has only deepened them. You understand expectations, but not the ones that always left you disappointed because they were too unrealistic in this world. You understand that expectations as a form of central alignment with those around you. There's no more playing games of tiptoeing what you think you want from others while guessing what others perceive of you. You now understand the power of communicating them out aloud and not feel blame for when two people may have misunderstood what was never officially established. There's now a new spark of energy. Megs, what a beauty to openly share what we see in each other and how we choose to grow with and for each other without all this false pretenses of assumed expectations. You know you can't help everyone, but you are helping some. And that was a goal after all. You told Ali, I want to help others. I want to be another statistic. 
adding to make the world a better place. And here you are bettering it in small waves that ultimately amount to an ocean of movements. You recognised your imposter syndrome and we're still working that out. And now you know what you are exactly where you need to be. You've stopped wanting to have a single place of belonging, but instead understand that you're a person who finds family in it all. You've stopped chasing the idea of a family to make up for the dysfunctional one, but instead have built yourself an unconventional idea of where family is not a noun, but a verb, and you carry that within you everywhere you go. By the way, Megan, home is also a verb too, as is love. So you will never have to worry about never finding true love because it is not to be sought after, rather that it is carried within you everywhere and throughout. So my goal for us, Megs, is that this year I will live up to all of this. I will continue to out all of this for my past selves and for the future who I'm so excited to meet. It's going to be really hard to top this year if we're being honest with ourselves, huh? It's been an amazing ride, but if there's anything we've learned, it's that there's always more and better to come. It doesn't have to end here, nor does it have to feel like this is the height of our best self. You've learned that you can get the life that you've always wanted and much, much more. Look at how much the world opened up as soon as you stepped inside yourself and unlearned to relearn. Look at how much more space we can fill when we feel everything through and then let them go so we can feel other things. There is proof in your bright, illuminating energy, the unbridled strength of kind of energy that remains resilient, held high by the support of those who love you. It never felt this firm and confident before, like steel unwavering in the forceful winds. You have become a mountain of yourself, piled tall and powerful atop the waters that move through your body like memories caught in the waves of your ever-glowing life. Welcome to 28, Megan, the year of your best efforts for the person you are and nothing more expected.